Welcome to CPAC Today in Politics. Coming up, the Prime Minister holds a closed-door meeting with opposition counterparts after learning that the national pandemic modeling shows the crisis is getting worse. I think everybody wants to know when this is going to be done, when we are going to be uh, through this pandemic. The reality is we're still facing many more months of having to do the right things, of having to reduce our contacts, uh, of having to wear masks, of having to be very, very careful and vigilant. Justin Trudeau says the world must stand up to China. There's a new president coming in the United States, and I think that has a lot to do with the prime minister and the government feeling a lot more free now, you know, to slap China across the face in, in public. And claims from a former Supreme Court justice that the RCMP tolerates misogynistic, racist, and homophobic attitudes. The experience of women and LGBT members of the RCMP who have experienced the devastating impact of sexual harassment and sexual violence within their, their organization is completely unacceptable and demands an appropriate response. It's Friday, November 20th. I'm Mark Sutcliffe. Let's get right to the top political stories this morning. I'm joined by Susan Delacourt, columnist for the Toronto Star. Susan, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me, Mike. So the Public Health Agency of Canada issued a very dire warning yesterday suggesting that by the end of the year, if the contact rates increase as they are, we could see 60,000 cases of the coronavirus per day in this country. There certainly has been an increase in the past couple of weeks in the number of infections. And the prime minister met with opposition leaders uh, and there are... Uh, government leaders across this country who are making decisions right now, and there could be announcements that are imminent about how to respond to this and the rising rate of infections. Uh, it feels like we're at a very critical juncture in the fight against this uh, against this virus. Yeah, I think I, like everybody else, heard that 60,000 number yesterday and literally stopped in my tracks. Um, what you saw yesterday was the government preparing the ground for, I think, some tough, tough words that are going to come today. I I don't think it's an accident that the Prime Minister is going to be doing his daily news conference from Rideau Cottage, not from the press theatre, as we've seen. And I think that is a visual reminder that we may be back, um, or we should be back, psychologically uh, to where we were in the spring. Uh, the the meeting with the opposition leaders, the, uh, the 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 warnings we've been hearing all week. If you listened all week to all those news conferences, and God help me, I did. Um, they they all said, "Wait till Friday. Wait till Friday." Sort of warning us, preparing the ground that this was going to be a bad bad day uh, for the future. And, and uh, Christmas is coming, and People are thinking that, you know, this is going to be a little bit of a break. We're going to uh, have something to celebrate. And this is the public health officials and the politicians telling us this Christmas is not going to be like Christmas any year we've ever seen. The restrictions that are coming in Ontario, for example, today, I think, last, um, at least in Toronto and Peel, last uh, 28 days, which takes us right up to just before Christmas, uh, today is exactly five weeks before Christmas, by the way. Uh, so I, I think 
is for your mental health, it might be a good idea to uh, to take the news today in in small doses. Yeah, and what kinds of decisions do you think are ahead, Susan? Uh, is is this a case? Uh, we we already heard from the government of Ontario that they're not going to extend the winter school break. That decision's been made. Of course, it could be changed. But but what other kinds of decisions do you think are in front of us uh, in the next couple of days or or week? Well, you saw British Columbia yesterday, the the formidable Bonnie Henry, very soberly cracking down on social gatherings. I think any kind of non-essential interactions with people are are definitely being discouraged right from uh, from one corner of the country. It's not as bad in the Atlantic to to the other. But I think uh, what we're talking about is the government's asking us as Canadians, to take a hard look at what we regard as essential, the same way we did in the spring, that um, that we've really got to sort of narrow down our worlds and our social contacts to only essential things. So forget Christmas shopping, at least uh, you can do it all online or for curbside pickup. But I think I think what we're seeing here is that that. The government would rather not close schools, as you say, or close businesses, uh, but they are really getting us to think about what's essential. Right. And so I, I feel like they're afraid to ask us to do what we did in the spring. But let's face it, the numbers are worse than they were in the spring. And, you know... It, you don't need a math degree to understand that if the numbers are going up worse than they were in the spring, that we need stronger measures than we had in the spring. But we're we're not going there yet. But I I feel like the ground is being prepared for that. All right, let's turn to Canada's relationship with China, which has been the subject of uh, a lot of opposition attention, particularly from the Conservative Party. Aaron O'Toole took a very hard line on China during the Conservative leadership race and has continued that since he became leader. Uh, And there was a motion earlier this week about Huawei, of course, which passed through the House of Commons. Yesterday, the Prime Minister said that the world needs to stand up to China, uh, and there was also a call for... Uh, Canada to boycott the 2022 Winter Olympics. Uh, And finally, uh, there uh, is news this morning that Canada's ambassador got a chance to uh, meet with the two Michaels in China recently. Uh, So there's all kinds of news around that. But what do you think about Trudeau's approach to this issue? And is he, in effect, in some way, reacting to the pressure from the opposition? I think there's a little bit of that going on for sure. I was very, very struck, as many people were, by Bob Ray's very forceful statement at the United Nations a couple of weeks ago. It was the strongest we have heard. And then Bob Ray did an interview last weekend where he said that um, when he was asked, what do you think China thought of that speech? And he said, it wasn't China. We were talking to the rest of the world. He basically said that that... Canada was trying to get its international allies to surround China and to make China realize that uh, the the arbitrary detention, which is over two years now, it's ridiculous, um, should be uh, should be stopped. I think yes, 
there may be a little bit of the opposition pressure that is is touching on Trudeau, but let's not forget that there's a new president coming in the United States, and I think that has a lot to do with uh, the 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 prime minister and the government feeling a lot more free now to um, you know to slap China across the face in in public, and you saw that. Uh, China finally did recognize Biden's victory as well. So I think I, I think it's a collision of things. I think the opposition is tapping into something, a mood that's out there, which is exasperation uh, with this the way China has been treating Canada. But I uh, and certainly that would be weighing on the prime minister, too. But I, I do think that the larger events in the United States are also it's remarkable that Dominic Barton got the meeting in that context. It shows maybe that um, that that this uh, this kind of scolding diplomacy that we saw from Bob Ray at the United Nations may actually work. All right, finally, let's turn to the state of the RCMP. Uh, There was more criticism of the RCMP yesterday. Uh, There have been, uh, there's been one report after another about different aspects of the uh, culture at the RCMP, uh, uh, the the secrecy, uh, the... Uh, how women are treated, how others are treated within the organization. Um, and and it seems as though increasingly we're getting a picture of a police force that is in chaos and, and people are asking questions about whether leadership changes are required, uh, whether other uh, significant moves are necessary to put the uh, national police force back on the right track. What do you think? It certainly does seem that, as you say, there's a collision of uh, of criticism around there. I was very struck by the the words in the um, in the report on harassment from um, from her former Supreme Court Justice Michelle Basterash saying that it's a toxic culture. I think all along we've been thinking that these are isolated bad apples incidents in the RCMP, and I think that the overall picture of all of these reports is that something is seriously wrong in there. And we'll remember, everybody thought that this was going to change with a woman in in charge, uh, Brenda Lucky, but she too has had um, a a rough ride the past few months on some of her statements, um, her overly defensive uh, attitude about the uh, or replies on on the culture within the RCMP. She she was certainly not that way this week. You see that uh, that they're taking them to heart. Fixing a culture is a really hard thing to do. Fixing a police culture is, as we've seen, you know, apart from COVID, we'll remember that this is the biggest story in the United States and and in North America the past year too. Is is the the police treatment of, of minorities. The, it does seem that that when one thing starts to break, everything breaks. And, and all these reports coming out show that beyond COVID, we have a serious problem there. All right, Susan, we'll leave it there. Thank you so much for joining us today. Have a great weekend. You too. That is Susan Delacorte, columnist for the Toronto Star. Now, let's take a look at what political columnists and commentators are writing about today. In the National Post, John Iveson argues a boycott of the Olympics is no substitute for a proper foreign policy. Iveson writes, 
While the government is pondering a new approach to dealing with China, the Conservative Party is urging the Liberals to consider a boycott of the 2022 Beijing Olympics. Canada and its allies have to play China at its own game, be firm and relentless in pursuit of their democratic strategic interests. At the same time, we should engage where interests overlap and avoid being unnecessarily provocative. An Olympic boycott would be counterproductive from that perspective. In the Toronto Star, Thomas Wacom asks, with its abysmal record on human rights, why the sudden uproar over China? Wacom writes, In the global power game, China is winning. It is a major economy in its own right and the centerpiece of the Regional Comprehensive Economic Partnership, an alliance that within the next few years could play a significant role in the world economy. The easiest way to attack China is to zero in on its handling of human rights. But only now is the world paying attention. Would China's critics be as harsh if it posed less of a threat to American economic hegemony? To ask the question is to answer it. In the Montreal Gazette, Sandy White argues it's time to decriminalize illicit drugs. White writes, Decriminalization is not legalization, but it is a big step in that direction, and it is a step that Canada should take without reservation. Many of the issues currently roiling our society are related to decades-old anti-drug policies. Legalization would be a crippling blow to organized crime, would reap massive tax revenues, and could prompt those with drug problems to safely seek treatment. Now, here's what's coming up on Canada's political agenda. The Prime Minister will take part in the APEC leaders' meeting before speaking with the media to give an update on COVID-19. Defence Minister Harjit Sajjan will welcome defence and security experts, academics and leaders from more than 47 countries to the 12th annual Halifax International Security Forum. And Government House Leader Pablo Rodriguez will announce financial support for the Centre de Métallurgie du Québec project. And that's CPAC Today in Politics for Friday, November 20th. Tune in to Primetime Politics Weekend on CPAC for coverage of all the week's events. Our podcast returns Monday morning. Have a great weekend.